Last week, we covered Elon Musk having a 9% stake over at Twitter. It was a good discussion, good back and forth. And we gave our take on what we thought would happen with him being on the board and some of the changes that we expected him to make. Well, this week we learned that he will not be on Twitter's board. So today we're going to do a segment sort of following up last week's segment because this is a ever developing story, it seems. And it's very important in the overall culture war and in this midterm election year. And then we're going to discuss a video from the YouTube channel Sandman in which he theorizes that relationships in today's day and age are obsolete. Let's get into it. Yo, this is Hanging with Apes, an Audio Apes podcast. Real talk, real topics, no limits. Audio Apes, music with no boundaries. What's up, everybody? This is K Cartoon. This is Rx Phonics. We are the Audio Apes, and you are officially Hanging with Apes, a weekly Tuesday podcast where we discuss trending topics and current news with a philosophical and comedic flair and our take on it. Two guys from the south side of Chicago. There is explicit language at times, so be advised. Go on over to our website. That's hangingwithapes.com. You can sign up for our newsletter. And if you want to listen to some really good rap and hip-hop, go to any major music streaming platform, type in Audio Apes, and our catalog pops up. It truly is the best. It truly is the best. Like always, if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, give us a five-star review. It helps us out a lot. If you want to help us stay independent, go to our website. You could donate an amount of your choosing. And if you know somebody that would like the things that we are talking about, that would be interested in the things that we are talking about, please share the episode with them. We're on all podcast platforms. So today I was reading the news. I saw that Elon Musk is indeed not going to be on the board of Twitter. So instantly I thought, man, a lot of the things that we talked about on last week's episode are sort of hazy now because we, I felt like overall we're coming from the perspective of him being a board member. Yeah. But in reading about him not being the board member or being a board member, what we've learned is that in some ways, he's actually less restricted yeah. not being a board member. So essentially, with him being a board member, he was restricted to not being able to own more than a 14, it was like 14.9 stake, almost 15% stake yeah. in Twitter. He currently owns 9%. Yeah. He wouldn't, as a board member, be able to own 15%. That's as what, And if he's not a board member, he doesn't have that limitation. He doesn't have that restriction. So in comic book terms, he went from possibly being Harvey Dent to Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in, 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 in a sense. So... We, we we set that on the shelf right there. Now, in pre-production, we were watching a video where uh, Gavin Nunes, who left Congress to to run Trump's Truth Social, uh, the the social media platform that's a competitor to Twitter. Which I don't know. If, have you tried to sign up for Truth Social? No. You were telling me it's a long ass wait list, though. Yeah, it's uh. So much to the point where, like, I'm sure the amount of people that are waiting have deleted the app because that's what I did. I was like, 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 why do I, why, what am I waiting for? Why do I have to wait? Like, yeah. is it like an approval process or is it they're trying to like sort of uh, uh, level up the servers as they, as they level up users? I, I, I don't really know what's going on, but. Has to be that. Yeah, I, th I think that's the only thing that makes sense. And even like there's that clip you you showed me, where the guy who's running True Social, Gavin uh, Nunes, yeah, Gavin Nunes, he's like, oh yeah, but our our user, uh, um, our users are very active on it. This, this, and that. And then when asked about it, he wouldn't really say. So I think what it is, it's like kind of like I think they're trying to go the Apple route. You know how like Apple used to limit 
How Devin many? Nunes. Yeah, Devin. Devin Nunes. Yeah, I say Gavin. Yeah, he he was like, or um, the way Apple used to kind of like have a limited amount of like Apple phones or whatever, which would make like the want to be part of it. Yeah. I don't think that works for a social network because it's like, well, no, you have Twitter and they have vastly like a, a vast amount of, of, of users. You're not going to. And you, you sign up and get on. Yeah. Like it is what it is. Same thing with Parler. You sign up and get on. The one that's real finicky also is Gab. Like Gab. The, yeah. the, I mean, they don't have an app, but Jesus Christ, like the other day, because I, I have a Gab profile and I was trying to update it and it wouldn't update. It would just, I, it's just like, it's slow or yeah. issues with the servers. I, I don't know. So it's like, you have all of these, these competitors to Twitter, yeah. but, but it's like, well, where's the efficiency? Yeah. And that's where Elon Musk buying a huge stake in Twitter would make sense because he's like, well, Twitter is the best as far as like user friendliness, efficiency. The infrastructure is there already. Yeah. It's just shitty management and people that, that obviously don't give a fuck about the users. Well, depending on where you stand on the political aisle on the users. And so, no, I just flex on, on Twitter instead of like put money on true social or on Gab, which we don't know where that's going to go. And the, the the users isn't even comparable. Yeah, I, I like the idea of Gab, but the usability, at least in my experience, is yeah. has been subpar. And think about this. Like, what do you think would happen? Like, honestly, like, this is a honest question. Like, what do you think would happen if Elon Musk was like, I just made my profile on Gab? What would happen to Gab? What do you think? I mean, it'd get flooded. And then the servers crash. Yeah, and they can't. They're because, not prepared. Because that's what happened essentially like during the the great purge when when uh, 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 Twitter was booting everybody that, 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 that tweeted anything that seemed like it was a little bit right wing. Uh, Gab got flooded and it crashed. Yeah. And then Parler, what'd they do? They took the server, like Amazon was like, oh, well. They booted it. Yeah, we have the servers, but we don't fuck with that shit. So you mean to say that the powers that be have basically made it where Twitter can be free of really competition for a very long time? If I were Elon, I you know, I would do some, some you know, shit like that. But all right, cool. Well, if that's the case. I'll buy a shitload of Twitter, and now they have to hear my voice. And it's crazy because after he bought, it's the price of the stock surged. Yeah. So then, even then, he made money. He made money. So, so then, to me, it's like, okay, you're not part of the because they said if you were if you're part of the board, they try to make the contract where it was he can only own he can't own higher than fifteen percent. Right. So. Then he declined being wanting to be on the board. So now he could own. Yeah, because it was his choice. Yeah. That's the thing. So to make that part clear, it wasn't like the board got together with the CEO and some way somehow rejected him. No, they actually between the current CEO and the the past CEO Jack Dorsey both tweeted sort of in solidarity and and. Uh, they were pretty, seemed pretty excited. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure like like that was a show. Like like this is what we're showing the public a facade. Like I don't think, well, Jack Dorsey. I don't know because he's not. I I don't know how involved he still is with Twitter because I know he's not the CEO anymore. But he was the largest stakeholder before Elon, though. Oh, was he? I think he now he has only like three percent. Oh, interesting. So, I didn't know that. Yeah. So possibly, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who's on the board, but I would assume Jack Dorsey was on Maybe, the board. Yeah. So so they definitely put the facade of, oh, well, we're excited that Elon is going to be joining the board. But it ended up being Elon's decision to not. Yeah. And well, this is funny because the the dude that, uh, the, the CEO, he had text uh, or text, what am I saying, tweeted uh, about like Elon not joining the board. He said, this is what he said. 
it's funny because uh, there was someone who broke down what dude meant. Anyway, he's like, um, th- this guy is taking the tweet and, and reconstructing to what the fuck this motherfucker means. So this is what he says. Like, the CEO concluded his note by urging employees to ignore distractions, to tune out the noise, and stay focused on the work and what we're building. So he breaks it down. He's like, the CEO concluded his note by urging employees to ignore distractions, parentheses, that would be conservatives, to tune out the noise, parentheses, anyone with a dissenting opinion, and stay focused on the work and what we're building. In parentheses, the work is stifling free speech. Yeah. Like, that. that's what dude really meant. Yeah. But, no, nah, you're scared shitless. You acted like you were excited. You're not. You're playing politics. And it reminded me of, like, like closing in on, 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 like, a property. I remember, like, being there and everyone's in a suit. But, like, the person who's making the blockbuster, like, the, the good deal is a person that's wearing, like, I, I remember I was wearing, like, a bull's hat. A fucking like bomber jacket. I look like a farmer. Like a I look like a hood farmer. Like a hip hop farmer, if that even makes sense. And so to me, like that's the shit that Elon is on. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to be on the board. Don't worry. And then like I imagine like the picture where he was smoking with, with, uh, with Joe Rogan yeah. on the podcast. Like, I don't want to be on the board. It's fine. We're we're good. I'm gonna buy like ten more percent. So like I I actually fuck with the fact that he doesn't want to be part of the board because. There's they it's almost as if he's still part of the board because they have to please the investor. Yeah. And now he holds so much power over them that they're like, fuck. I don't oh, we need we need to we need to do something to kind of keep him happy. The only thing is this though. Do you still think that him not being on the board would like like let's just uh, hypothetical if Elon was going to be like, oh, I want Trump back, do you think that it would have been better if he had been part of the board to, to 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 suggest that? Or do you think that being the outsider, but the the largest investor and higher than 9% would... would... Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think that being on the board, you would have more influence. Like if you want to bring, if you want to bring Trump back. Yeah. Um, because you actually get to talk to the people that are making decisions about the company. Yeah. But who's to say that he doesn't do something or make a big stink or, or, or do like some sort of production at like a, at like a, a, a shareholder meeting or something where he gathers like a consensus for that, like people wanting to get Trump back. Because for instance, right after that video that we were talking about from Fox business, where, uh, 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 excuse me, Devin Nunes was being asked about truth social that same day. Because in that interview, Devin Nunes says that 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 uh, Twitter's a ghost town. Yeah. Later on that same day, Elon Musk tweets, "Is Twitter dying? Is Twitter a ghost town?" So he clearly saw that, and yeah. so he's probably there wondering. It's like you know what? Like I wonder if I'm on the board. Yeah, I have more influence over the decisions that the company makes, but I'm sure that the way that he tweets has to be pro Twitter. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. I and so being on the board, I would imagine a tweet like is Twitter a ghost town? The board probably isn't going to rock with a tweet like that. But now if I'm just a shareholder, you don't you don't have anything to say about how I tweet. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I, I'm I'm wondering if he feels like, yeah, I I would have more influence at Twitter being on the board as far as the decisions that the company makes, but I have more influence in the culture not being on the board. And I think he right now cares more about the culture. 
Yeah. And when I say culture, Jesus Christ, I don't mean to say it so fucking trite and, and overused like these motherfuckers, oh, do it for the culture. It's for the culture. No, I'm talking about the fucking culture war that's going on right yeah, now. Yeah, no. And he's clearly on the anti-establishment side of the culture war. Yeah. And I think he cares. Like, he his he has a, a, a more impactful arsenal be, not being on the board, I yeah, would imagine. That, and I'll add to, to the fact that they were trying to work a deal with him only owning 15%. What if he says, oh, I want to own 20? Then I'll sign onto the board. Since you guys want to play that game, I'll own more shares, and yeah. then you kind of, you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. Cause you're like, fuck, now it's going to look bad if we don't include him in the board because he owns this much. Like, You know what I mean? Like, yeah. If you're going to limit me, all right, cool. I'll let you limit me when I feel like I want to be limited. I, I think, though... They're probably content that he's not on the board, and I think they would probably prefer him not being on the board. Yeah, because those types of people, like, and when I say those types of people, I mean like the leftist, progressive autocrats that are high up in 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 these companies. I don't think they're they're really grasping like what's going on on the ground level. Like I don't yeah. think right now they're really grasping how much people don't fuck with them like yeah. like as a whole. So they they it's largely an echo chamber with these people. And that is my biggest criticism at least thus far the way it seems and we'll only really know if they fucking fix that waiting list and let people on the app normally but that i would imagine it is is the same issue going on over at truth social yeah is like well you're creating you're creating a a, a echo chamber you know what i'm saying yeah yeah, yeah. and that that's not good either like yeah. on either side but the the echo chamber on the left they're definitely more aggressive and more arrogant about it and so they're go more inclined not to really see what's going on but for instance speaking of devin nunez his seat because he left congress to go work at truth social to run the the show yeah his seat went up in a special election trump won that district by it, it's a republican district in in california but trump only won that district by five points the person the the republicans that are running right now the primary republicans overall when the overall vote tally is calculated the republicans are up by like 30 points this is where this um, is in in a district in California. I, I I forgot what district, but this was the district that that, that that Devin Nunes. But yeah. it's a Republican district. Yeah, it, it's Devin Nunes seat, which he's a Republican. But Trump only won that district in the last election by five points. Yeah. Now we're that's a a, a plus oh, twenty five push. Yeah. That shows like whoa, this is kind of wild. Yeah. In Georgia right now. Polls, uh, Herschel Walker is like at, at, at polling at like 49%, whereas Raphael Warnock, the current senator, yeah. is polling at like 45%. So, all what, Pennsylvania, too. They're converting Democrats to Republicans four times more than Republicans to Democrats. So, and Pennsylvania is a swing state. Yeah. So, my point is what's going on, like the, the culture war. It's in motion. It's, it's in motion. Quiet. And, and I think and I think <clears throat> Elon Musk sees that. So right. for instance, what did we talk about last week? Really, like what might have sparked this whole story is that poll that he did. Yeah. Where it's like, does Twitter stand for free speech? And out of over two million people that participated, seventy percent said no, that it doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Only thirty percent said yeah. Could he make a tweet like that while being on the board? You get yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, or or what if he says, should Trump be let back 
into Twitter. Right. Could he make a tweet like that with being on the board? Probably not. No. Yeah, you're right. So, and, then, and then to add to that, what you said, that's a real valid point. You know, people like to call this shit Trumpism, but like before, before Trump, there was a Tea Party, and like during those years, if you were into politics, you knew about it. But if not, it was kind of like a silent war. Yeah, happening in like on the ground, big time. And then you know, like what you said, I think you said last week how like Sarah Palin kind of became the face of that. Yeah, and then Trump ultimately kind of yeah. once the years passed became the face of that. I think now you're seeing that. You saw that in 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 uh, the Yunkins election. The stuff is happening uh, in the battleground states. In the all this stuff is happening, but we're not paying attention to. Well, we are personally, but like media and 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 mainstream media, those are the the battles that really you don't see. It's yeah. like it's like when you talk about World War Two, you don't. You know, you don't talk about specifically Dunkirk, right? Or, or you know, the, the little battles that matter. Yeah, that overall painted the big picture. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. That's definitely happening, and and it's something that that always happens, but people just don't pay attention. And, and it reminds me of something that Candace Owens said around the time of uh, Yunkin winning the election uh, for governor in Virginia. She said something along the lines of the mama bears started to come out. And what she meant by that is where a lot of people started to draw the line is like when kids get involved. Like, I think a lot of people, which I don't agree with this sentiment, but I think the sentiment that a lot of people have is, yeah, you motherfuckers do whatever you want. And if it affects me, it's whatever. I don't agree with that shit, but to each their own. But I think when people feel like this shit starts to affect their kids, they start to like lash out. So for instance, tax, 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 whatever, I don't care. Again, I don't agree with that shit, but to each his own. But then critical race theory, you got kids coming home asking, like, am I a racist just because I'm white? You know, like, what the fuck is this shit? Exactly. My children are subject to this? Exactly. And I think it's a step too far. Disney, this whole controversy right now with, like, the grooming. Yeah. That's a huge company. Now, uh, oh, my God. Sweet Lord. Well, it's too late. We didn't even go over it in pre-production, but I'm going to, I'm going to shoehorn it into the episode right now. So... Forbes did an article on the Daily Wire. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know if you came across this. It, it, I think it came out yesterday. Forbes did an article on the Daily Wire. And for the first time, it's been publicized how much the Daily Wire, how many subscri- paid subscribers they have, which apparently it's over 600,000 paid subscribers. Damn. Yeah. So it's... it's uh. It's a lot. It, and it, they're the biggest, like, the highest performing Facebook account, too. Right, right. And and that. so, and so, but it it's never been publicized how many subscribers they have. Because it's one thing, like, oh, I see a Daily Wire video. I, I see, I, I see um, a Daily Wire article, a Daily Wire post. But... This idea that, well, now there's like, damn, this is how many subscribers they have yeah. that are paying. These are paid subscribers, yeah. which, which I don't even know. They're, the, they're pay tiers. Yeah. But, I mean... Even if it's even if it's $10 a month or you like... It's just worth it, though. It, that's wild. So, it's it's competing. They're, it's competing, yeah. and especially in a time where... Going back to the point I was originally making yeah. was that it's in a time where the, the um, this grooming controversy at Disney, yeah. you know, the aggressive push of uh, LGBTQ agenda, uh, these videos being publicized of of these meetings that these Disney's execs are having, the fact that over at the at Disney World they don't even want to use. <clears throat> boy girl anymore they they want everything to be gender fluid and gender neutral the other day i was doing some uh some uh work and and uh 
sort of some housekeeping in in terms of our social media. And I was on the Hanging With Apes uh, Instagram, which follow us on Instagram at Hanging With Apes. Uh, and I was, and as I was in the edit profile section, yeah, I it wasn't like this before, but now you, you on on uh, Instagram you could add pronouns, like if you want. So I was gonna add the pronoun "fuck off," but <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't allow it. It has to be like a a a, a, a recognized pronoun. So he, they, them, she, they, zims, and whatever. So anyway, just left it blank naturally. But the crazy thing is, like this is this is getting rampant. It's running rampant. Yeah. And now, and Ben Shapiro just tweeted about this the other day. You're seeing more and more young kids, adolescent kids recognize and and identify themselves as gender fluid or trans or whatever it's getting ridiculous parents are worried parents don't rock with that shit so it's like like i don't know is this particular agenda the straw that broke the camel's back is is it is this was the 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 one step too far that people are not willing to 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 bend the neon i don't know it's it's very interesting but with all of that being said, that sort of culminates the point that I was making earlier of like those people on the left in 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 these these high positions at these companies. They don't even see this, these battles. Yeah, they don't. And they're not aware of it. Yeah. They're not paying attention to it. They're the types that be like, don't say gay bill. Damn, they don't like the gays. Right. But like, are you really like looking into like what this is or 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 no? Like I wonder, I wonder. Like, do they really pay attention to the details, or is it that it's a fad? You know, because like, for, like, for for the big corporations, like, I could totally see them. Like, oh yeah, yeah, well, gay, yeah. Does it make money? Yes. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah. Say yeah. Z yeah. Z M. Yeah, well, yeah. All right, cool. I just want to sell shoes. Yeah. Nike, sell them all. Oh, he's a communist. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. We capitalistic out here. Yeah, yeah. Just put him, Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, yeah. Nike. Oh, yeah. Uh, Black Lives Matter. Whatever. Does the bottom line? That's the way they look at it. Is the slave labor in China still <laughs> three cents per pair? Yeah. All right, keep yeah. it rolling. <laughs> Black Lives Matter, but uh, not so much for Chinese. We really don't care about them sweatshops. Forever. Yes. Bottom line, please. I was like, it. it, it I, I feel like a lot of the execs, they really don't care they just whatever makes money whatever's fashionable whatever is the it thing at the moment we're gonna ride this trend it's trendy and uh we're gonna look like saviors and that's really have you seen that that meme it's like uh you know that that uh that uh not a stick figure but this like very basic character the npc yeah And, and then and then in the back it's like it has a a peace sign and it says like you see like like it's like quadrant and it's like black What's lives NPC? matter npc and is not non-player, non-player character. character yeah so so like basically what an npc is not player character think of like if you're playing grand theft auto the characters around that just have like two three words that they say but that's all they're worth is just yeah, they're an npc like, it's like they're the computer yeah so <laughs> so there's a meme with the npc face and then in the back is a peace sign and then it's like a quadrant, and then you have like Black Lives Matter, the Ukraine flag, the trans flag, and like a mask, like somebody wearing like a mask because of the the virus. Yeah. And then it says, "I support the current thing." So oh now, yeah. <laughs> so now all these goofies, like, it, yeah. like w- yeah. what that is, it's like it's it, it's like a satire, like from the right telling the left, well, like since you motherfuckers jump on whatever bandwagon comes your way. Just post this. I support the current thing. Like, yeah. Like, whatever the current thing is, you don't stop to question it. You support it and you go with it. Yeah. And that's essentially like the, the point that you're making is that that that's what these people are on. I think the more sophisticated people look into it, but a lot of them are sort of more motivated by the money. So yeah. it's like, well, I, I, I know that the Florida bill is not a don't say gay bill. But I'm not gonna like make a fuss about it because keep this bread rolling. Yeah, and to me, like it's it's a it's a learnable experience 
like even for for people like us, we actually always wait like the Ukraine stuff or or like uh, there was another situation. Oh, COVID. Like sometimes it's good to be like, well, what is this? Because there's a lot of hysteria right now. It's overwhelming hysteria. But like, what is this really? And, and it's kind of like a survival mode that you have to be on constantly because the the thing, like people are just really into it. Like, oh, COVID, it's going to be the end, of, the end of us. And so as you get older, and I always thought about this, like, like when you look at people that are older, and you're younger and you're going through some shit, they'll be like, yeah, it's going to be fine. Just relax. Yeah. And when you're young, like in high school, you're like, motherfucker, like, who are you even? Do you understand what I'm going through? But I think it's because once you're older, you've seen this show yeah. in, in many forms. You've seen this fucking episode play out countless of times. And so, no, you're not really concerned. You're just like, well, no, this... Two shall pass, learn from it, and move forward. And now that I'm what I'm mid thirties, I'm looking at it as a wow, we really, we really uh, and this is coming from like me, which like guys like us, we've we always have like an instinct about this shit. I guess we uh, the way I could describe it is we have a gut feeling, and we trust our gut feeling a little bit more than most people. I feel. Like uh, a gut feeling pertaining to what? In general. Like I remember when when uh like I'll give an example. When I was in, in high school and I remember you sharing the exact same sentiment, like a counselor telling me like, Oh, no, 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 like you're supposed to go to college. Like, yeah, no, you're just gonna go out, you're gonna live you know, it's all about living, like, you know, living out by yourself without your parents. Like, no, that's what the college experience is about. Like to me, that spoke, that that made me concerned. It made me concerned because it's like, well, this guy's older or this lady's older, whoever the counselor was. They're focused on telling me about what college is about. None of this is, A, talking about like my monetary situation, like my financial situation. Right, what, you, don't, you don't even know my background. Yeah, you don't, yeah, you don't know my background. You don't know anything about me like i'm in public school right now so that's probably somewhat of an indicator that my parents can't afford that shit like <laughs> thank you that's one that's that's already point a point b what does me being in college and living by myself have to do with my profession and what i'm going to be making a year to survive in the world by myself that's that's b c like are 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 there going to be any like specifications on the details of what the actual experience is or are we just focused on I'm living by myself so then all these things it's like it's an overload of stuff for a young kid who who who's in high school but none of it answers anything and so then what we did and how we handled it was like well this is not a real clear cut concise answer so I'm going to fall back but that's what I'm saying that right there which which you illustrated very well I don't know if that's a gut feeling. I feel like that's very like like that's good rationalization. Like I I don't look at that and be like, damn, I I just kind of had a gut feeling. No, I look at it and I realized everything that you just said. That one, this person is older than me, and like they're not really living a life that I particularly aspire to. Two, this person is not even really considering my background or like the financial situation of my parents. Yeah. So like you're just sort of giving the same one-size-fits-all yeah. advice. You're supposed to be a counselor, but your advice is one-size-fits-all cookie-cutter shit. Like, all you motherfuckers do this. Not even take into account, like, wh who the person is or what they're on. I think all of that is rationalization. Like, looking at that yeah. and, like, rationalizing, well, okay, like... I don't think I should listen to that person. Yeah, but I I guess I look at it this way. Put it this way. In school, the schools we went to, you're conditioned to think a certain way. So it's like the current, if this were a river, is going downstream. 
And like, so a little pushback is like, wow, this is a heavy current. And like 30 people are okay with this. Is there something wrong with me? Or is there something wrong with them? So like, to me, it's like how I felt when I was younger. But I think we we never cared like really like what other people were doing. No, I I I, yeah. I I I I I believe that like the way that we've operated, by and large, is like rather impervious to like peer pressure, and like I'm gonna rationalize this for me. Like I don't care. Like the rest of you motherfuckers. Could march right into the slaughterhouse. I'm rationalizing this for me. So, yeah, that current was there, but like I, I don't know, like if if I ever felt really the effects of that current. Oh yeah, because I yeah, like I see a, what you're a, saying. A, another example of 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 a situation that displayed how we are was like with the whole virus when it when it started off. I remember at first we were like, okay, this is crazy. The NBA is shutting down. Oh, this is shutting down. Companies, they want people to work from home. Damn, we don't know what this is. This shit is spreading. This shit is wild. Okay, we don't know what it is. Two weeks to slow the spread. All right. Motherfuckers went on eBay, fucking paid price gouge prices for for stuff just because we you know we need masks and disinfect because motherfuckers don't know what it is stab wanna, someone for toilet paper <laughs> want to keep our parents safe and and all of that type <laughs> of stuff but now two weeks pass more and more information and I mean not only does not a day go by that we're not reading about this shit and and different multiple sources just because that's how we get down like we we read a lot especially you know to in our capacity of of this podcast. But like, I'm talking about like, like out, like not even hours go by without reading, checking what's going on and everything like that. Yeah. Data starts rolling in. It's like, oh, okay. Well, I see what the news here is saying. But then like, I'm reading like other stuff from other places. I'm reading like, you know, doctors talk about certain things. I'm reading people that like, are uh, lean more towards like natural remedies. They're talking about certain things. Oh shit! There's a correlation between age and the virus. There's a correlation between obesity and the virus. Oh, that's a healthy country. There are like this is all rationalization. This is all I'm doing my due diligence. Yeah. By the time, like motherfuckers talking, about, oh, you got to wear masks and the jab and this and that. I didn't care about that because I trusted my rationalization. So I don't care yes. if yeah. a thousand people, I'm in, I'm in the mix with a thousand people and they're all wearing a mask. I'm not going to wear one because I'm relying on like what I've read yes. and, and my due diligence, do whatever the fuck you want. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. It wasn't even like a gut instinct. It was like, oh, well, based off of what I observe. Yeah. This this is how I'm going to operate. Based on not off of what I observe uh, I should rephrase based off of the research and the things that I've read and the information yeah. and not the one source quick soundbite of information that you get and you rely your life yeah. on. No, the 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 vast copious amounts yeah. of information. Shit from India, shit from China, shit from that people want to ban, the internet yeah. wants to censor taking it all into account same mode of operation when it comes to the jab the same yeah. thing it's like all right well y'all do whatever you want to do yeah i'm going based off of this never once is like damn should should i get it fuck man everybody never cared yeah never cared and so and it so, comes from a logical pragmatic yeah standpoint so like i think not to say that we don't have good instincts i think that we do and i wouldn't need, i would even venture to say that like instincts play a, a, a role play a part in it but i think also we're very analytical we yeah. take, take we take time like it, it it's not like like for instance 
and and I think this would actually be like a pretty solid segue into the in, into the next segment. We look around and it's like you look at like marriage and relationships and stuff like that, how other people operate. I don't care if a hundred men line up on our marriage, bro. It's the best. Oh my god, this and that. Marriage, all oh, kids, family, this and that, this mm. and that. Like if that is not what I want and that's not what I feel works for me and my situation, my financial capacity, where I'm at, my goals, my purpose, my fulfillment, I don't care. Yeah. Like y'all do what you want to do because I'm 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 looking at this from a rational standpoint as well. Now granted, because we're about to talk about whether or not Sandman's theory on relationships in today's day and age being obsolete, if we think that's correct. But relationships are an emotional thing, but you still have to rationalize to a certain capacity with logic and reason and set emotion aside because if you operate solely off of emotion, you're going to get yourself messed up. Actually, that's, that's funny that you say that because I I saw a post on Instagram of this woman describing the way a man loves and how she was saying that she was basically on the side of the man. She's like, I think men know and understand how to love because their love is a lot more pragmatic. There's steps. There's logical steps to it. Yeah. They understand like, well, there's emotion and that's part of love, but like there's certain things that must be met in order to like love. Like you can't, in a way it's like looking at it conditionally, like, well, this, this, and this, this isn't that this is, this allows me to trust this person. Yeah. This allows me to feel good around this person. Therefore I love this person. Whereas she was saying that women fall under the, I'm in love. Like, I just, I'm obsessed with this guy. I want to be around him. And I, I mean, it's understandable in the sense of like, th that is an emotion. Like, can you really make sense of emotions or, or what you feel? No, but you can make sense of the way you rationalize that emotion and take a step to kind of like think about why you feel this way and how you feel this way and how you might put yourself in a vulnerable situation. And so therefore she said that men love better than women. Yeah. And I never thought about it that way. I was like, wow, that's actually kind of a deep analyzation of how men love. Like, I wish I would have saved it, man. There's some people in the manosphere community that are of the belief that only men do love. They are... They they're of the belief that like women, in terms of like romantic relationships, like obviously like women love their children and whatnot, but in terms of a romantic situation, women never really love. It's more of like it's like you get like an obsession phase, and like a possessive phase, possession. But is it really like the constitution of love? You yeah, know, there, you know, there's, there's that argument. And I mean, obviously, that's that can be a topic for another day. But in today's segment, what we want to cover is whether or not relationships in today's day and age are obsolete. And the reason why this even comes up is because we obviously see the data. Uh, like we got a lot of divorce out there. We have a lot of... um. People not having kids anymore. I mean, think about it. Like, we'll be 35 this year. And the idea of guys that are in our age group not having kids. And, like, as many as as we know yeah. that are in our age group and don't have kids. Um, that's, I mean, in the past, that was just, like, unheard of. Yeah. So... You couple that with like technology, the 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 
constant cycle of dopamine hits that people get from their phone, video games, if you have some level of like freedom and success, your ability to do things, go places, it begs the question, are relationships obsolete? Yeah, well, in pre-production, we're talking about too, like the the culture where it stands and where the responsibility of how you're viewed is based on like you as an individual. And I think, well, do we do we sit there and do we accept what is, or do we like going back to the last segment, or do we question? pragmatically look at the situation and be like, well, does this work for me? You know? Yeah. Um, I, ha- I don't think it's worked for men for a very long time. And I don't think that, and, and this is generally speaking, not every man, you know, right? Because like everyone has their situations as an, on an individual level, you're yourself and, and you're going to handle things the, the, the way that you do. But I think we get sold like, or we were sold from from like what the 50s 60s this american dream mm-hmm. the white picket fence and the family and all this and like for the most part it ends up being american beauty the movie like yeah it looks beautiful from the outside looking in well i i think that's like even that is rare, the idea of it looking beautiful from the outside. Even that, I think, has kind of passed. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah. I, I that think, was before. Yeah. yeah I, I think I think now, even from the outside looking in, it doesn't look very appealing. You know what I'm, That's yeah. what I'm saying. And I think because the lack of appeal is so public and so prominent... I think that's why you're seeing so many people not rock with it. For instance, American Beauty, late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Showing, hey, this is what motherfuckers are feeling. This is what motherfuckers are experiencing. This is this is the sentiment that people have. Men are repressed. Wives are bitches. All this type of shit. Since then, fast forward 22 years later, motherfuckers know it. Motherfuckers know that that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yes. You, we've <laughs> talked about this in, in 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 a segment not too long ago about if you take the people that we know, the single guys, any of them, yeah. put them, put, tear off names of all the single guys that we know doing their thing. Yeah. And I'm not talking about like out here having sex or nothing like that. I'm talking about like just life, purpose, happiness, fulfillment. Take their names, throw them in a bag, any of them. Yeah. Shuffle it around and you pick a name out and you juxtapose that to a name that you pick out of the people's names shuffled in a bag of all the guys that are like married with kids. Anybody that you pull out of the single guy bag, regardless of their background or socioeconomic stand, uh, status, you're more than likely, you would more than likely prefer to be in their shoes than yes. any of the guys that you pull out of the other bag. Yeah, in our circle. Because I will put, I will add a caveat. Like, there are a segment of men who are single who accept like the bare minimum for themselves. So I feel like with us in our circle, like, but even there, there's some degree of like Liberty. Oh yeah. Yeah. There. Yeah. It's still like, you're still free, but it's like, like, like for example, um, there's the, there's uh we saw that, uh, you, s- yeah, you, you sent it to me on YouTube or you showed me and it was a great ass documentary on the black pill. Yeah. This is why I don't trust that. Well, not that I don't trust. I'm willing to listen and, and learn about the black pill community. But where I am like, this is garbage ass shit was when they're not realistic about where they're at. Yeah. And so I feel like 
single men that that are on some like black pill shit like okay you're real picky about women for being a fat ass ugly ass motherfucker that ain't got shit to do with like you don't have a purpose you fucking play video games you don't even have a job yeah Dude. that that's just like that's just unreasonable yeah, yeah. And, and so to me it's like in our circle I, I feel like the people that are single the guys that are single it's like they all have their the thing that they they want to do they have a purpose they have something outside of whatever even their job like their purpose what they like what what they thrive to be and so when it comes to that it's like that's freedom right there man and, and you're you're free to do whatever you want whenever you want and and i feel like at this age even if you were to get in a relationship because you're so self-sufficient and so ahead it's like you're not gonna fall for the shitty terms you know what i mean but, but but there right there you said even if you were to get in a relationship i think that statement alone that comment and the way you phrased it that in and of itself sort of suggests that relationships are obsolete the fact way, that yeah. it's like oh well if yeah if like but, it, it, it's not even uh, it, it, it's not even a key factor anymore to so many people in terms of like what fulfills them yeah well I found the link, which I kind of want to add, so you kind of see. It was it actually wasn't a girl. It was it was a a girl sent it to me, and I thought it was interesting. I was like, "Damn, like that, that's kind of crazy." Um, so so the title of it is called "Love Is More Than a Feeling," and it's kind of on the masculine side. And so this is what I feel is lacking of men now. And I think at this point, your argument is it's probably at the it's too late mark, which you might be right. But this is like what I what I found interesting about it from a masculine perspective. Guy says, love as a discipline, love as a habit, love as a decision. This sustains a marriage far more than love as a mere feeling. The heart is not always as trustworthy as we make it out to be. A wise man loves logically first and emotionally second. Disney lied. Hollywood lied. Now we have a generation of love addicts obsessed with their feelings looking for a love that never fades or wavers as they indicated that they found the one. Love is not just a feeling. It is also a choice, an intention, and is a conscious act and a conscious act of the will. Expecting to always feel love is a delusional expectation to place on your relationship. When a man and a woman come together and create a well-ordered, well-structured life, love becomes a byproduct byproduct of what they created together. Love is the means, not the end. Lasting love is more of a conscious choice, not just an emotional sensation. You choose to love and you practice lo loving rather than constantly searching for that feeling. If falling in love is your indicator that they are the one for you, you are indeed setting yourself up for a fall. Masking love is an extension of logical thought process, not something a man just stumbles or falls into. Loving her should be about more than just how she makes you feel. Just saying, but it's probably best if you don't make the decision to be with someone forever and ever while you are under the influence of a fleeting chemical high in the brain. Employ rationality and exercise logical thought. I feel like that's an understanding that like the way we even look at like love yeah. is like, nah, we've talked about this before you've mentioned how like this is kind of a survival thing you you yeah. i remember you talking about like when there's a recession that's when people get together yeah when shit is great people aren't yeah. together because well what if love is really like more well i need to survive and so if if we look at it from that perspective and we stop looking at it from an emotional perspective, well then there are conditions to survive, right? Like okay. To some women love is a is a nice long stiff one. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> what then? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so it's like like so then if you look at it from that perspective and how love might have been before society became this advanced, right? Oh, this man is strong. This man can hunt. This man keeps us safe. This man has now given me 
the the seed the seedlings yeah. to to be able to and then therefore and, and I even will then you you have to question how much love is really a factor it's more survival yeah. you know what I'm saying and, and that's why I think it's important to like in you know in the segment it's if relationships are obsolete because see I I think. In, in most cases, really, before love is even a thought, a re- some sort of relationship is there first. Yeah. And so what ends up happening is like because people are more and more content by themselves, at least men. I don't know about women, but the data suggests that men are more content by themselves I thought Sandman did a great cost-benefit analysis when he brings up, imagine, let's call it 70% effort that you have to put in to like getting with a girl, going on dates, you know, to have the hope, the maybe that like something materializes versus... Well, I could only put 5% effort, watch some porn on my phone, boom, I'm satisfied, play the video game, put on, you know, order some food, put on the TV, and I'm and I'm content. Yeah. It's like, whoa, like this is because we don't live in a time where it's like, damn, we need kids to keep it going because we have a farm, we have to grow our own food. Like, yeah. things are so different that it, it really does... I, I think it's a solid, very philosophical and interesting question. Are relationships obsolete? And it's like, the more you look into it, the more you can't help but say, like, yeah, it seems like they are. Yeah. Especially in today, like, we we haven't even touched on what the the virus did and how everyone works from home. What do you think that does? That expedites you getting used to being by yourself. Yeah. As a woman and as a man. Yeah. And so. And then you see the people that live together already and were forced to be together all the time. Now the divorce rate is skyrocketing because you're together too much. So it's, it's crazy. And, and it, uh, and it just further enforces that point. Yeah. So it's. It's interesting. Like we could literally have how how deep this shit could get from the perspective of the feminine viewpoint and the masculine viewpoint. And actually, it might not be a bad idea to have like in the future like a panel on this shit. Yeah. Just because I think it'd be interesting, kind of like the the way Jubilee does it. Yeah. Um, but better, more like a round table, less like because they kind of segment shit and then let people, yeah. like, not just a conversation because like. It really, I feel like, it's not, it's it's not clear cut because it's like two different um, starting points on what even the the definition of a relationship is, what love is, and uh, what what people expect because I feel that in the mainstream you see a lot of stuff, but then there's a lot of stuff that's missed. Like, for example, we are always covering what's going on in the news, right? And and, and what's what's trending, and we have to pay attention to it. But, like, like when people, like, when guys say, oh, masculinity's dead. Well, I mean, probably because you live in the city, but motherfuckers that are out working mines and farming, masculinity is very much alive. It's yeah. It's far from dead. Yeah. But we don't really see that. And any death that occurred to masculinity, it's mainly because like men let that shit happen. Yeah, so and like it's all urban had, areas, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like if you live in the city, your hope for that shit is like probably super low. And do you blame them? I mean, you could live in the city, I think, and like s- still be masculine. Like there's a yeah. lot of masculine. No, jobs. no, no, no. Not that I'm saying like the like your hope for like an actual decent relationship 
will diminish as oh, opposed yeah. to like let's say if you were in rural america oh yeah small town like yeah of course there's like not as many people like yeah yeah, yeah that's way different yeah like like that shit that's that's some like even even the music like compare like a country as love song to like some shit like some urban ass shit some yeah. pop like even the 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 way the song is constructed on like romance is way different like like some of the country or or, or, or americana as music that shit's like so innocent almost yeah. you're like what does this even exist yeah it, it, there's like an innocence to it that you don't even you can't you resonate with because it's art like and uh, us being into music and movies and shit like we resonate with that but where we live we, that's not that's unheard of like yeah what are you t- bro what are you doing <laughs> that's how you feel yeah that's uh that's interesting well that's our episode for this week thank you guys so much for listening the show continues to grow because you guys keep listening so keep on listening remember if we talk about something that you know somebody would be interested in please share the episode with them we're on all podcast platforms if you're listening to us on apple or spotify give us a five-star review it helps us out a lot and if you know somebody that wait i think i said that already right Oh yeah, it would. The, I would go through it so fast. Um, and then if uh, <laughs> you want to help us out, uh, you could donate an, uh, an amount of your choosing. I was like twice. Zoom in, <laughs> zoom in through it. Yeah. <laughs> you could, so donate, share, rate. See you guys next week. We're out. Peace. Peace.